The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 12 New York Blacktop Taxi At the curb, no guys with guns, no taxis. All day, cabs all over the place, and now not one. I glance up and down the street. My hand quivers, shakes. Damn nerves. I squeeze tight to make the shakes stop. Do you have a safe place to stay tonight? I ask Sapphire. You already trying to sleep at my place? She slaps my shoulder and gives me a smirk wrapped in a tease. No, I'm exhausted is all. I want to go to the police and tell them. Tell somebody what we saw. About Stone, James, Marcy. I take in a mouthful of air. Exhale hard. We're in danger. Wakambi's in danger. Who knows who else is in danger? Sapphire puts her hands on her hips. I was trying to be cute and coy. It didn't work. She shrugs, bites her lower lip. Wicambi told us New York's finest already knows, and the cops called the embassy earlier. So? The police are looking for us because they think we killed Professor Stone. Heat in her voice causes her pitch to rise. How can we help anyone if we're in a police cell? We didn't kill Stone. We didn't kill James or Marcy. We didn't kill anybody. The words ricochet out of my mouth. I adored Professor Stone and Marcy, but we have no proof of what's going on. What do you think is going to happen if we turn ourselves in? You think the police are going to believe anything we tell them? Her voice and face throw questions at me. A person with a record and someone from out of town? I thump my chest. I don't have a record. Not you, me. Sapphire's stare rips through me. I look again for a taxi, not wanting to know about Sapphire's arrest record. Then we have to clear our names. The weight of our circumstances gets stuck in my gut like one of Aunt Vivian's lard biscuits. At least her biscuits eventually pass. But this? I don't see a way out. Unless... Sapphire touches my wrist. You have a funny look on your face. What is it? They're after Paganini's music. I walk along the sidewalk. All the weight bearing down on me abates as suddenly as it appeared. Now gone, replaced by a single thought. Yes? Sapphire keeps in step with me. We just have to find the music before anyone else does. I stop, plant my feet, smile calmly for the first time. But that means Cynthia and his men will come after us. Are we really going to do this? Is painted across her face. They're already after us. But if we get the music, anyone else who might have known about the music will be safe. We can't go to the police. I get that now. But we can't stay out in the open like this. I'll get you to your dorm and then find a place to crash. Flynn told me I could hang out in a big hotel lobby and score free coffee or catch some Z's on a bench at the bus station. Sapphire crosses her arms. An hotel lobby? The bus station? Port Authority? The police are looking for us. 
I'm not leaving you. And we're not staying at the bus station. Okay, then where? You can sleep in one of the guest suites at the embassy. And we'll search in the morning like you told we can be. I rub the back of my neck and run my finger under my collar. What do you mean you're not leaving me? There must be a heat vent we're standing over. It got uncomfortably hot all of a sudden. Sapphire's face fills with mild horror and her cheeks flush. Her stare hits me like a note falling flat. Oh, don't get your hopes up. She pats my chest. My eyes drop to her hand. My father won't allow me to stay anywhere but the embassy. You can stay in a guest suite until your gig is over. Me? Stay at the embassy? Yes, the French embassy. The police have no authority there. And embassy security can handle Sinti's men. I spot crows dotting the skyline. Uh-oh. Should I be worried about the sleeping arrangements? I guess the embassy should be safer and more comfortable than the bus station. It most definitely is. And you're going to love our chef. She makes the most scrumptious meals ever. My stomach grumbles. I can always eat. Okay, fine, we'll stay there. But what aren't you telling me about your record? I search again. Still no taxis. Sapphire rests her open palm on my chest and takes a slow breath. There's more going on than you know. But now isn't the time to talk. Let's get to the embassy. Okay, but then you're telling me everything. I remember Dimitri's magic card in my pocket. I hold it up to my forehead. Nothing happens. I stare hard at the card. I shake the card hard. I point to the number on the card. I sigh hard. Can you call Dimitri to come to get us? My phone died after my father's secretary called. I close my eyes. I tap, tap, tap the card against my forehead. Other people might end up dead if the music isn't found. I want to go to the police. Or back home. But the thought of going to the French embassy pops into my head. Illumination flashes in the street. Bang, bang! A vehicle backfires. A sleek, black and yellow DeSoto taxi cab pulls up. The back door opens. The song The Promise from When in Rome plays from inside the cab. I jam my arm in front of Sapphire to keep her from getting in. Wait, this taxi's painted different. Something feels off. The front passenger side window rolls down. Good evening, mister. Vertu. The cabbie welcomes us. Dimitri? My voice sputters. Dimitri is my brother. My name is Peter. It's easy to tell Dimitri and me apart. Dimitri is clever, but drives like our babushka. But I'm the better-looking one that Mama loves best. His voice beams his confidence. Besides, Dimitri is lazy and only drives during the day. Mister, what does your card say now? I flip the card over. New York Blacktop Taxis. Think blacktop taxis whenever you want service with a smile, a ride on time, or someone to save your life. Put card to your forehead and think where you want to go.
I do a double take. This card read New York Red Top Taxis earlier. Peter peers down at his watch. Do you need a cab or not? We do. We get in. Last chance to go to the police, I say. The embassy safer, she says. 972 Fifth Avenue? Peter smiles, makes eye contact with me in his mirror. Okay, here we go. Blue and white electrical sparks break through the dark skies. A shimmering opening appears. Then everything goes black. Intense, blinding light fills the cab. I squeeze my eyelids tight. My body tingles, and waves of energy ripple through me. Attempts to speak or move fail. I reach for something, anything. Nothing's there. I open my eyes. Darkness. There's a faint flicker of awareness that the back seat is under me. Then the cab lurches forward, forward into nothingness. The sensation of everything collapsing inside of me. Then light explodes. I can see, feel, hear again. I'm back inside the cab sitting next to Sapphire. That'll be Von Sunk, Peter says, a smile in his voice. Wild flashes in my head, and my fingers itch to play the ivories, and I want to escape to Egypt, and I don't know why. Out from my mouth belts, Empire State of Mind Part 2 Broken Downs. That was melodic, and your voice melodious, Peter says. Sapphire leans forward, her fingertips press into the plexiglass. Wait, we're in front of the French embassy. I squint and see a sea of flashing red and blue lights. Police in the street. Crowds of people behind barriers on both sides of the embassy's grand entrance. Large lights blast up the bottom of the building's decadent decor. A supersized French flag is suspended above the crowd. The group behind the barricades on the left is engaged in chatter. Their vibe is enthusiastic and happy, and they appear to be waiting to go inside the embassy. People behind the barricades on the right hold up signs, shout at the police. Their energy is angry and violent. Not these protesters. Not tonight. Sapphire slaps the seat. The protesters' signs have pictures of a cruise ship, a big crossed-out red circle over the vessel, sea animals covered in oil and the words St. Martin splashed across every sign. The cab's back door opens, but we don't get out. A police officer ten feet away slaps his nightstick in his hand. I can see his face, but he hasn't spotted us because he's focused on the crowd. Is there another way in? I ask. Sapphire digs through her bag. Let me find my embassy ID. We can use the employee's entrance around back. The same officer points his nightstick at a passing man and woman in evening wear. Folks, event attendees with tickets to the left, protesters to the right. The woman says something I can't hear. Between the flashing lights, the officer's face turns an angry shade of red. He rotates his nightstick. I already told you to move. He pats his nightstick in his hand like he's been waiting all night to use it. Now, either do as I say 
or I can arrest you. Your call. The officer pivots back on one foot, places his free hand on a pair of visible zip-tie plastic handcuffs. Now's your chance. Go, mister. Go, lady, Peter pleads. I nudge Sapphire. Go, go, go. The cop and couple continue to quarrel, oblivious to us. Sapphire opens her mouth. Here comes an argument. But then she shuts her mouth and bolts out of the cab. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 13 Frostbitten Diplomacy <laughs> <laughs> 